Hi everyone, welcome to PA Talks, an interview series by Parametric Architecture, the world's most renowned avant-garde architecture platform about parametric and computational design. We meet the architecture and design pioneers on this podcast and talk about their careers, experiences, methodologies, and visions for the future. My name is Hamid Hasanzadeh, founder and editor-in-chief of Parametric Architecture Platform. Welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. To support this podcast, please check the links in the description. Make sure to follow our platform on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and support us on Patreon. You may listen to this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. The following is my conversation with Refik Anadol, a media artist, director, and pioneer in the aesthetics of machine intelligence. Refik creates parametric data sculptures through hypnotic, audio, and visual installation experiences. Embedding media design into architecture, he questions the possibility of a post-digital architectural future in which there are no more non-digital realities. Anadol is known for his prominent works such as machine hallucinations and audiovisual shows for Walt Disney Concert Hall in the United States. His global projects have received a number of awards including the Lorenzo Il Magnificio Lifetime Achievement Award for New Media Art and Microsoft Research's Best Vision Award. He is also a lecturer at UCL. LA's Department of Design Media Arts from which he obtained his second Masters of Fine Arts. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello. Hey, hello, Hamid. <laughs> hello, Rafik. How are you? Wonderful. And you? Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for accepting our, our invitation. It's been oh, an honor welcome. to speak with you. Same here. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, the mic is yours if you want to say hello to our followers. Uh, yes, the mic is yours. Yeah, hello everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Um, it is a meaningful uh, platform where the architecture parametric was discussed and shared. So I'm happy to be here. I'm not an architect, but I love <laughs> with architecture. So that's why I'm honored to be here in the context of architecture to share. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so. I would like to go directly to uh, start our interview. Uh, so would you please tell us a, a little bit uh, about yourself to our followers? The things that uh, we cannot find on, uh, online on media. Who is Refik? Who is Refik? Not the media artist Refik. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, so, so I'm Refik. Um, I do enjoy uh, research. I do enjoy imagination. Um, I am right now living with my wife here in Los Angeles, originally from Istanbul, Turkey, which okay. the source of life, the inspiration, I guess, where I born and, and my culture. But then later on, of course, I learned that the world is bigger than where I live. And then I understand that being human in the 21st century is bigger than... Right what my culture is and I learn about the culture in general and then, then the whole thing starts to unfold then the, the humanity then the earth then the hopefully universe <laughs> yeah you're originally from Istanbul you're born in Istanbul right yes yes until 2011 you lived in here or correct 2011 uh, 2012 sorry I was in Istanbul and got my degree in visual communication design and got my uh, first Master of Fine Arts degree in the same department as well. And then I was super impressed, interested in embedding media arts into architecture uh, back in like my undergrads. And I was looking for ways of going, like follow the path 
but I was specifically more inspired by the public space and public art in the context of media architecture and specifically understand how to um, transform my, my knowledge and experience mm -hmm. inspired from architecture, of course, and as inspired from the space as a whole. Um, and more, I think, became a special thinker and designer than just, you know, becoming an architect. And then I thought that right. maybe the architecting time and space is also inspiring. So that's how I, I think, merge this universe. So can you talk, discuss a little bit about the journey of becoming a, a media artist, a generally an artist? Yes, I think the, the, the truly, the feeling of I am an artist, I want to be an artist started like maybe Honestly, way in my like childhood, I was pretty sure that I would love to be a creative mind, but I was not super well aware of like the tools and the ideas. I mean, I was I was enjoying right. the, the the power of imagination. I was enjoying the speculating an idea in life, um, and I also many times enjoy philosophical depth of 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 dialogues with my friends and colleagues and families. But I was not one hundred sure how to express these outputs, and then especially in my undergrad undergrad years in Istanbul. Uh, thanks to the colleagues and the professors who have been pushing those imagination and the boundaries of, of my and my colleagues' mind, that really pushed me to the next level of imagination in my life. But honestly, to be truly feel artist, that I found that I worked for like 2010 with my best friends. We had a, a design student in Istanbul called Antelope. And around those days, I felt that the commercial world is not the world I am in inspired. I was not inclined by imagining for brands or I wasn't inclined by doing things for with certain shapes. I was more inspired myself as an input to my imagination and find the depth. So then eventually I think I thought that that path is called being an artist. But I also found <laughs> <laughs> that how hard it is. Yes. I got my second MFA from UCLA Design Media Arts Department where I met with uh, Greg Lean, Tom Main, Frank Gehry. Legends. I <laughs> much more depth of the space as a whole became my right. research. Right. So the position you're in now, was it a childhood dream or something to that developed honest, afterwards? No, I mean, I was 100 sure when I watched Blade Runner, the movie, the movie changed my life. Oh, or yes. the movies and the games and, and the computational yes. imagination was always truly like push me this this mindset right. but of course the more i learn about the capacity of imagination the more i found that okay this can be done this can be done okay if you have a team you can do that and then, then it just unfold all this like naturally but the, the having a studio was my dream having a studio having a people thinking and imagining together purposefully was my dream um, right. so that was the whole the time, maybe since the undergrad, it was a whole way a dream. Right. Uh, how do you think computational and parametric design tools have changed the way you think about the art, mm -hmm. the answers in the art, actually? What was the impact of it? Mm -hmm. So for me, because, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, because I, I've, I've heard that you love parametric design, parametric yes. architecture, and also computational, and you try to combine these uh, tools with your art, the, the, the things that you want to show out to our world. What do you think Absolutely. about? So for me, I think and the very first path for me, the parametric design came from Greg Lin's animate form and his incredible yes. text. 
that I think inspired me a lot. And then literally the same year, I met Alper Derimboaz, my architect colleague from Istanbul, who also studied at UCLA AUD. Yes. Um, we should really, interview with him as well. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a wonderful mind. I hope he can and, uh, hear this. Yes. And I, I, I think it's the first time I asked him like, hey, like Alper, I'm really trying to work with data in my practice. But back in time, 2011 and 10, I was not 100 sure how to apply this idea. I was using VVV, but the software was not truly giving a light. But the parametric design and in general, is a context, right? Can you hear me? And yeah, I hear so, you. And from Sorry, there, I had a time limit on Instagram, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and then suddenly, <sighs> and Alper really opened the lead to uh, Grasshopper. And, and then, of course, eventually the world of like collecting data with sound information for Splat Street in Istanbul. And we were able to freeze the form in three dimensions by, by using mm -hmm. um, the techniques. And that's how I honestly got the idea of yes, the data can be stored can be frozen, can have a three dimensions, can have a physical space, and even can be augmented. I think that was a pioneer piece in the field. And then since then I took off the ideation. That's great. Who or what were your inspiration for coming up with uh, such a uh, unique idea uh, in interpreting artificial intelligence uh, with sculptures and visual imagery? So truly the inspiration came so before from... You, so before you, no one was just doing it. So yes. you just created such a unique idea. Um, I mean, there are two things really happened in my life. The very first one was, I was again inspired by Blade Runner, the movie completely based on the reality mm -hmm. of, of, a, of a human and a machine or a, yes. however you call it, a new entities, let's say. Mm -hmm. Right. I was not sure that I was inspired by the dialogue, but I was not inspired just the AI. I was not inspired by just the human. The dialogue between machine and human was a huge inspiration. And then 2016, I was very fortunate to work with one of the first um, artist residencies at Google. Um, Kenrick McDouble, um, the AI uh, curator, invited me to work with Mike Taika, who is another AI engineer. And back in time, 2016, um, having a residency at Google to, 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 right. to dream, like a huge dream for me. So what I did is I just say Impressive. openly, um, and also I think the second important thing is a salt research in Istanbul, which is a wonderful library, open, open library for anyone, any age. And, and, and the director of the program, Vasit Korten, also a curator, he challenged me to go beyond just data, beyond just numbers. And they were in the library, and I was inspired by human knowledge. And I had this opportunity to work with AI. And I say, what will be the future of a library? What will be the future of a physical world of like knowledge? And since then, yes. um, that I became uh, kind of inspired by AI. And I try to like use human consciousness as an, as an inspiration. Right. I, I remember your, your first videos, which we started to talk, discuss on Instagram as well. And uh, were those the first points that you were dealing with AI and imagery, visual, these True. things that you come up with at the end? Yes. And it was and, 2016 and, and, and yeah. Yes. Right. I was super inspired by noise algorithm. I mean, since my 2010, right. maybe 11. Um, 
but I was not 100 sure why exactly these noise algorithms and their context with the space and the form finding was exciting. But once I found that if, if we can clearly use AI to right. create forms from the machine consciousness, manipulating that world was much more inspiring, at least personally for me. And around those days, I was looking ways of doing that while we were discussing mm -hmm. back in like yeah, even three, four exactly. years ago, right? Yeah, four years so, ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a while. Long a long time, time a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, how, how long does it take to create mesmerizing with like say, uh, the one you did for Frank Gehry's work uh, in concert hall? You've used like 42 large scale yeah. projectors, I think, I assume, yeah. <laughs> With 50k yeah, so, video quality, that's that's insane. That's, and, uh, that's actually, you, yeah. How, how does it takes normally for works to these kind of projects? And do you exceed fit into the budget or exceed the budget normally? So, <laughs> so, so, so very openly again, that project is a non-profit project, meaning LA Philharmonic is a non-profit organization in Los Angeles, yes. and the building represents a. a, a a public building. So the project right. was a gift to the city of Los Angeles. So it was not like an egocentric, you know, fancy sculpture in public space. It was a piece for everyone, any age and any background. Right. That was very meaningful. Uh, and most importantly for me, the friend Gary, a hero, uh, who is canvas and space inspired people for many years. Exactly. And city is, it's a, it's a kind of an, an Eiffel Tower for Los Angeles, right? It's exactly. a cultural beacon. So, um, and plus, it was LA Field's 100 years. It is a huge yes. birthday cake <laughs> that has to be transformed into a meaningful camera. Right. So the project took, uh, first of all, I imagined the idea in, back in 2014, five years ago, four years before the event. But it couldn't happen because the project was bigger than the budget, the reality, and many things. But then over the time, LA Field and the Frank Gehry decided to make this project happen because they think that is the best way to celebrate the 100 years. A project so the Frank Gehry has any part to decide yeah. as well? Yes, yes. Frank Gehry is heavily, heavily included in many LA Field projects when it's public. Wow. He has a very heavy voice and he pretty goes every single concert if he can. So he's a really, truly music lover. He's a lover of the arch I mean, the space itself. Yes. <laughs> so I was super inspired when I learned he's into it. Uh, and then, of course, the dialogues and then the sharing the visuals with right. him, getting his blessings. And also, uh, anyway, but the project was a hugely, heavily, our studio's heavy loaded piece. And like we put our enormous time and heart, not only just code or just computation. Yes. Um, yes. So it took like uh, a significant amount of time and we get an enormous uh, sponsorship from uh, the local companies and the people put those projectors together. And that was a impressive, impressive, thing. impressive. So you worked personally with Frank Gehry as well on this project, or uh, yes. he was just an observator, or so he was right. a very hands-on person. He was in the uh, dialogue. He was he got like pretty much every deck I shared mm -hmm. with the Philharmonic, and then we right. had a very nice meeting with him. We went through two hundred images of every single render an idea because the piece has 15 minutes long three chapter story and then he went through every single image he didn't like only two of them 
and he liked 198 of them. It's a good number. <laughs> I mean, one right. person's uh, error rate, error right rate. There is a good number. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> because we know his, his reaction to yeah. inauthentic. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what, were, what are the real challenges for forming data sculptures and machine hallucinations? Uh, in any project maybe, what was the biggest challenge? To be honest, my mental challenge and the physical challenge and the visual challenge <laughs> are so different. Okay. <laughs> the mental challenge is why do we use this technology? But the physical challenge is how do we store this big data? Because imagine for New York, we were able like, to- Like convincing uh, clients and- oh, that's, okay. that's one whole, uh, whole challenge. And also like how you can work with 300 million images, right? For New York, we were wow. able to get 300 million images. And then, then you compute this data, you work with this data, store it to just, the, the process that you apply to data before it becomes something is a significant amount of time, which is really the challenge part. Right. And then once it comes in the form of a GAN algorithm or a, some machine learning results, let's say, mm -hmm. then the project becomes something exciting because you have a consciousness from machine. Um, I mean, my desire since my childhood, I guess these memories and dreams are um, these two like exciting worlds. So that's one of the reasons, I guess, that the hardness of machine hallucination is what exactly machine is hallucinating and, okay. and what are we seeing? So those are like, I think the true challenges. And of course, the GAN algorithm. GAN algorithm requires a significant amount of computation and knowledge. So as a studio, I think we developed some novel ways of letting AI to learn right. um, and then improve that. Right. So do you yourself code for these software, for these projects or? Myself Are you used visual coding? So first of all, I'm using visual coding myself. But as a studio, what I learned is, especially when I understand how mm -hmm. challenging the AI can be, we became a team. So for example, we are literally sharing the responsibility between <coughs> team members. Like one member right. can be in generative design, one member can focus on Pythons. Like, I mean, some, one part can be on the like a, a TensorFlow part, one can be on the image recognition part, one can be uh, in the uh, visual other programming languages like in Unity or I mean, mostly not Unity, but no, I mean VFX graph now in Unity right, or in right. Unreal Engine. So simply, and uh, what is like different between those softwares requires different knowledge. So I am kind of in the middle of everything and then try to like connect the dots between different groups. Um, I know a little bit from each of them, I can say, but I'm not a guru in any of them because right. being in the center, like a conductor is much more uh, productive than stuck in one knowledge, uh, mm -hmm. which is an advice to many, many people. I, I wish people can enjoy working together as a team to improve your knowledge. Right. How many people are you in the studio? Right. Virtually now, we are not working in the studio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are now uh, 12 people and uh, 12. we can speak 12 language, uh, which 12. is very important. 12 geniuses. Uh, right? Thank you. I mean, everyone is, everyone is really so special. And first of all, without team, I have nothing to say. It's a mm -hmm. teamwork and it's a truly team success. Um, and that's very important, one thing to appreciate. And second is not only just uh, smart minds, we are also very, a group of people can 
um, really understand what we are doing. We are not just doing things for technical purpose. We are not doing because it's techno fetish. We are not mm -hmm. doing just it's hype. We are doing this for a deep purpose to make art for any age, any background, like pretty much anywhere in the world. And that right. as a mission is really strong and, and heavy. Um, and it cannot be done without a team. Real quick, what kind of softwares you are using in general? Is it something that you wrote in the office or is it things that everybody use, like yeah. Python, like Grasshopper? Yeah, so we are pretty this much was, using... This was the question of most of our followers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I am using personally VVD and Cinema 4D. Right in 10 years, maybe 11 years. So that's a whole backend journey. But I think what improved what we are doing, not only just these softwares, of course, Python for AI world, but also we do tools like doesn't require code anymore. For example, we create a tool called latent space browser, which allows us to fly in the mind of a machine and do those machine hallucinations. They are not anymore by code. They are using a tool. So I'm trying to erase the code from the imagination because I do believe that of course it's incredible to create tools but once you go beyond the code once you have the imagination in your hand and you can imagine the idea with AI or these like complex algorithms then you're in this different mindset then you are and yes like random noise is here and um, for example we have wonderful colleagues and in V4 community I've been working with um, now four significant developer friends last maybe five six years constantly in v4 for example it is a incredible approach that you can create visual language right visually you can compose the idea uh, pretty much using complex um i mean functions but then at the end you have this beautiful output right you have a one render one right. vision that can be manipulated by pretty much grasshopper users i think um, but that's, that's what I enjoy as a team that we have these many modules now that have been developed and they become super um, functional tools. And, it, and each project we can add more and more, right? So, uh, so V4 is a very important software in our studio, VVV. Uh, right. And then uh, Unreal Engine and Unity is constantly we are using it. And these game engines are allowing us to like, predict some ideas, uh, do, I mean, AR, VR, like all these things. And Python is very heavy for any AI work, as you may guess. Uh, and Houdini is extremely important because we are pretty much uh, computing our optical flow algorithms, noise algorithms, uh, form finding studies in Houdini uh, very heavily. I'm not personally deep in the Houdini, but I'm pretty much in a way that I, I'm, I think I can say what kind of a direction a Houdini world that inside, like from which Rexcode world, from the which um, from the which kind of algorithms inside Houdini we had to like look for. Um, and then we honestly sometimes work with many softwares at the same time and choose the best output. So we are not yes. dependent on the, on the software, they are dependent on the idea. Yes. Do you think they help you to think as well? Like they create idea for you as well? Of course. I mean, especially in AI. I, I mean, what really inspired me is first of all, last four years, we have been working with different data sets from the city of New York, city of, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. Stockholm, Berlin. Uh, we augmented, for example, in Berlin, an amazing uh, 
uh, space called Kraftwerk. It's an incredible large space. Or in New York at Artec House, we use Mission Hallucination Project and augmented Chelsea Market. Brilliant projects. Really. Thank you very much. And then Brilliant. those projects are all like space-based, right? Like inspired from the, the New York, inspired from Berlin. So what inspired me is this data set and their like reactions. So what inspires me is the city or the data that goes through the neural network and what it comes up. For example, in this, right, recently we are working with Nature Dreams, which is, I mean, it's heavy days, right? We are working with an incredible amount of image archives of nature and let the AI dream for us. And this kind of stuff is beyond the code or the algorithm. It's more about this fascinating fascination of the life, I guess, <laughs> instead of just yes. the code. Just exactly. the, I don't know, the algorithm. Exactly. When you started using AI, did you think what you wanted to achieve with all the fragments of the data you collected? Uh, and also yes. the path you've just gone through, What was it pre-planned or you just go through? So, 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 so for me, the, the truly the, the biggest plan was how we can, I mean, they're openly saying this question. It was also my yes. question in my first Google arts and mission intelligence uh, interview, right. I was literally saying how I can take my brush as an artist, dip into mission's mind and paint with mission consciousness. Like that was a truly question. And when I asked this question, of course, like there was this silence and I mean, it was like a cool moment, but then, oh yeah, we can do that. That, that means we have to simulate human consciousness, exactly. memories and dreams. And then like, it was like a very, a natural dialogue between me, the engineers, and the curators, and the collaborators. Right. And then it was the, the, the starting point. And then the memories and dreams are like specifically, I mean, as I said, the huge inspiration. And then I just added on top of that. And eventually, mission hallucinations or mission dreams became this new narrative, like a science fiction story. Right. Impressive. Uh, when, when, you, when you visited your hometown in Istanbul, in one of your previous interviews, you've mentioned that your uncle has stage one Alzheimer's. Do you think your future projects will help and, uh, to cure Alzheimer's or be able to bring back the fragments of the memories with the help of AI? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a super inspiring question and very openly saying what, what, what is my truly the challenges? Like, first of all, um, when I learned that moment in my life, it was a very heavy lifting and then it was a very heavy heart um, push and, and, and just, just recognize that basically memories can melt, memories can gone. Yes. And that feeling was something so heavy, but also it was inspiring. I mean, like all our pains, all our problems, all our things can be a, a thing. But what I'm learning is honestly, AI can be a fantastic tool for elder minds who, can, who may need to remember. I mean, eventually, Alzheimer's research is heavily based on some protein level and deep um, neurologic research. But at the end, it's about memories. It's about remembering. The act of remembering is the problem. But then the question is, can we use and create tools or experiences that allows us to go deeper than what we can remember? Like, can we make um, someone to go his or her own memory universe? Right. Um, I think we have a chance. And now we are working with... Um, uh, neuroscientists in our studio, literally, that we are trying to find the, the moments of remembering and then try to celebrate those moments through data and art. 
but why not in near future this becomes a truly a research which, like how, how can you extract those data from the mind so right now in the moment <laughs> very <laughs> professional question actually i may i uh, i don't know <laughs> i'm going i'm going to deep <laughs> That's a good question, but so right now at the moment, I guess without any like a surgical augmentation, there is no way for any kind of extraction. But we know that like Elon Musk's uh, neural link project, yeah. or uh, there are significant research on epileptic um, and and some significant research, let's say, having this kind of an um, understanding of how to use uh, neurological uh, surgeries to understand this world. But the question is, I think, then comes back like, who will be the safeguard? between our memories and the ideas. Like who will right. protect our memories? I mean, fortunately not social network. <laughs> we learn what happens when social networks becomes the memory yes, tools. Exactly. Um, that's why I thought that instead of like a personal memories, I am much inspired by the collective memories, such as how we can see New York, how we can see Berlin, how we can see Stockholm. Like what does architecture mean? What is the body work of Frank Gehry? What is the body work of Isa Hadid? or like Tado Ando or Toya Ito or Libanskin. So I'm personally more inspired by uh, nowadays um, architecture in this context, collective memory. Like how we can reinterpret remembering Zahadid's building. Like can we remember right now Disney Hall from the lens of like 500,000 people's perspective? Like right. this kind of collective memory and collective remembering is I think right now more ethically correct, more inspiring. And I think what we are doing is much more hopefully purposeful. Right. So in a 10 or 20 year uh, period, what do you think in the future? As one of the pioneers in your profession, how far will this go with computational parametric and AI mixture with artificial mixture with media art? Uh, what is the beyond and next? I think it's an incredible question. So my hope is, at least in our research, what we are understanding is the collective memories. So we are trying to understand like how we can reinterpret our collective memories and collective dreams. So at least as a research, that's what we are like finding these, these answers. Um, and we are also working with um, a quantum computing, uh, which is called quantum dreams right now, and heavily researching on like how we can bring these upcoming computational ideas to the beyond. Um, uh, it's a very heavy research. It's just in the beginning. And we are also working with like not a GPL in a way that maybe we can find things beyond the earth. Maybe there are some more answers there that is not even that we witness physically. There are things that is beyond the world that is just above us. So I right. think what I'm feeling is eventually the research we are doing will be the materials. And I believe that in one day, <laughs> data will become a material beyond just light. Light so right. far, most divine material, at least as an artist and special. For me, the only way I can imagine features right now is light. Right. But I wish architecture can go <clears throat> beyond the glass, concrete, and steel. I wish the ideas can find home in the universe with the light exactly. beyond exactly. what we have so far. Exactly. I would like to get a real good question from one of our followers. I'm just showing it up right here. Just if you give me a second. If we run out of the time, just tell me. Yes. I will but, just, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, everyone, um, I need to take my, um, personally, uh, my wife to the uh, appointment. And in okay. these heavy days, I need to follow the uh, okay. what doctors give. But um, 
I hope we share some really insightful things, but I have uh, five, Great. six more minutes. Happy okay. to share. Happy Let to me share. just ask my question. I'm finished. And what do you think about our, our uh, platform, our PA? Uh, what do you think about it? Fantastic. First of all, your curation and the pics and, and, and sharings are much appreciated. I, it inspires me as well and my team. So you are an inspiration for us because Great you are a voice of many minds, which I am heavily inspired and also my team and my colleagues. So I think it's a beautiful platform. I wish everyone has the same thoughtful depth that, that you are bringing to the field. And the name of the like, I mean, account, like parametric architecture, <laughs> I think who doesn't get inspired? <laughs> thank you, and thank you. Students are here also get inspired by this uh, platform. Appreciate that. Uh, what kind of book you are interested in? And can you just suggest us one or two books to, to read during the pandemic? Yes, so this is one just coming. I know heavy one. What is real? <laughs> what is real? Wow. <laughs> so it's by it's by Adam Becker, and it's exactly the uh, is uh, exactly the, the little like yes. the the um, uh, book that I am heavily uh, inspired because of our quantum uh, computing research, and also this is the second one, How Language Began, which is an incredible book about um, exactly. I think one of the best uh, cognitive skill we have as humans uh, that we can communicate exactly. and how it started. Uh, these are my like a two uh, uh, pandemic days books that I advise everyone. Exactly. What, what kind of movies do you watch and which ones do you suggest in this, in this pandemic to our followers? Yeah. So first of all, we are doing a major research on, how can I say, every single uh, dystopian science fiction um, movies in the world, which was a very heavy research, as you may guess, it starts with like um, yeah. very uh, fun Hollywood blockbusters, recent one. But I'm um, instead of movies, pretty much into the nowadays like uh, Westworld, Devs, like these are two current um, things I am heavily researching and, and also watching up. Uh, with fun. Uh, because I mean, this, yeah. this, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, the Blade Runner is one of, I think, the hero uh, movie that I watch too much, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you think, wishing... do you think your your work is gonna involve in one of Hollywood movies in future? I, I, it's an incredible question, and I'm happy to say that um, I'm right now a part of a creative talent agency called CAA. Uh, and I have been uh, discussing some really wonderful ideas with one of the most in inspiring minds in the field. Um, Early to give their names, but I'm happy to say that we are uh, focusing on the cinema, which I'm calling it AI cinema, which AI I recently cinema. shared. Um, so that's, that's a research. And eventually AI cinema means AI architecture, AI space, um, and many others. So yes, that's uh, that's and very openly saying. I think cinema again since my childhood is the biggest dream of using reality to make something yes. unreal but feels real. And architecture to psychology to neuroscience, it philosophy. It has everything inside. Um, so that's I think where I will hopefully converge, if I can. Impressive. One final question, and then uh, we will end the conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, what kind of advice would you like to share with young professionals and students? Oh, good one. So first of all, follow <laughs> follow these platforms like where we are. Follow the account. <laughs> that that that's one hundred sure because 
very openly sharing is everything and, and sharing is so important in these heavy days especially i would not too much inspired by the no offense but the software i would not too much worry about like the tools i think the ideas are more important than the tools that's number one. Second, be authentic be unique be yourself i think we are in an age where the ideas should be unique i mean of course some people say do the same thing and maybe but it's a it's it, i mean I do not believe architecture belongs that simple shallow ideas. I think to bring depth to surface, you may need to think about your idea more than and and try to be unique and not to be just like copy copy I mean very no offense to the people that are learning from what we are doing, but I wish people are go beyond what they see. I I wish they can just go beyond those like surface explorations. I mean, what will happen if you can take these ideas and put in a new language and a new dimension? Why don't you like to take what have been done and ask the questions one more time again? I think these are more important than the boring tools and, and the algorithms and, and no offense, but boring cold hardware or software. So, so let's remember we are humans and remain humans by our depth, yes. not by our tools. So we always have technology. We always had something in our life that we know what is, I mean, uh, exciting. But why do we need that? And how do we use that? I think these are the perfect in your practice. Thank you. Thank you, Rafik. Thank Thanks you. for accepting our interview request. Thank you. And we're looking forward for your uh, project as well. Uh, do you have any final words to our followers? I mean, thank you so much for sharing in these heavy days. I'm wishing everyone a really healthy and safe days. I do wish that we go back to physical world. I hope that we will uh, hug each other, say hi to each other, and um, that's more important than anything else Thank you. right now. Uh, and then please respectfully sharing everyone my best loves and uh, thank you for all your support and, and a beautiful world. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye-bye to everyone. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye-bye. guys thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe to pa talks podcast and spotify apple podcast and google podcast in order not to miss a single episode also you can find out more by going to parametric-architecture.com slash pa talks please share this podcast with a url to inspire a friend also you can use hashtag pa talks on twitter instagram facebook to give us a feedback about the podcast thank you